God, those communists are amazing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 805 Uncensored Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Jordan. Joining me is Wesley, and we also have Heather Christina Schmidt. Um, I also have a special announcement tonight. Moving forward in 2023, Heather is going to be my full-time co-host, so I'm super excited about that. And then tonight with Wesley, he's going to talk all about his podcast and a few other subjects. So thank you again for joining us. Of course. I love being on here. I love uh, the things that you talk about, and they're definitely interesting co- topics, and people need to be talking about it more. I appreciate that. So first things first, how about you go ahead and introduce yourself and talk a little bit more about your show and what you do? Oh, yeah. So my name is Wesley Nidatmob, and so my podcast I have is called Wesley's Wavelengths. And so basically what it's about is just dope people having conversations and sharing life stories. And so lately I've been having on a lot of music artists, but I don't limit it to that. It's, it could be anybody. It could be some random Joe Blow down the street that I talked to and just have a conversation, tell him about, just have him tell me about his life and just tell about stories and how hopefully we can make this world better. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I couldn't agree more. Um, the purpose of my show is definitely just having anybody on that's willing to say something intelligent. Of course. So how did you get into podcasting? And can you talk a little bit more about your show and how you started it? Yes, yeah. So I actually started it because originally me and another friend, shout out to Tony, we were actually going to go in on a podcast together called The Heat Wave. His, it's still a heat wave, but he's doing with someone else. But we originally, we had these ideas, but us, we're kind of both leaders in our own different ways and have different creative ideas. So it just didn't make sense for each of us to kind of include our each our own styles. Mm-hmm. It felt like we need to kind of have our each our own podcast. So we did that. He has heat wave, and then I have Wesley's wavelengths. And so... My initial idea was I love meeting people and I definitely feel like I could hold a conversation with just about anybody. And I love hearing different stories, different backgrounds, so I can empathize with different certain peoples and just get to understand like different perspectives and why someone thinks like maybe I may not agree, like 100% agree with the ideology, but I can understand why the ideology was formed. And so that's what kind of drew me to this whole podcast, podcasting. Yeah, go ahead, Heather. I was going to say, yeah, you know, I listened to your your most recent episode. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And that was the thing that I picked up on is this like idea of like giving people a almost like a vehicle to tell their stories. And I think that's so needed, you know, because like we're living in like a society where people just do not understand that anybody's experience is happening other than their own. And I think that the more like, like creator type people that are giving like, I guess, agency or voice to that, to like those experiences, it's like so needed, you know, 
And so when I was listening, it was the last episode that you posted. And uh, I was just like, yeah, this is what mm -hmm. like we need, especially your local here in yeah. the 805. I feel like we have such an incredible <laughs> amount of privilege here where a lot of people just they don't know that anything exists outside of their worldview. And sometimes all it takes is one story about somebody's unique experience to change, completely change them, you know? Um, so that's what I, I just was instantly caught by with your, your podcast is just that it's all about storytelling, you know, uh, which I don't know if that really happens much anymore, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So I think it's, I think what you're doing is great. Actually. Yeah. yeah, to add on to that, I would also say that it's extremely um, humanizing mm -hmm. and therapeutic to have, you know, a platform that you can go on and you can just discuss your thoughts and ideas and uh, really open up to another person. What elements do you think go into a successful interview with a guest? Um, so we're talking about what kind of things that I do. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm trying to like what would make a good interview is that what you're saying yeah i guess um how would you how would you prepare for a successful interview and... okay yeah does so, that make sense yeah it does yeah so okay. for me i wait because most of the, the people i've been interviewing have been music artists um music artists the best way to get to know an artist is through their music and so um especially with um a couple of the artists that they have some of the kind of deeper songs i try to do find, your homework yeah do my homework and listen to a couple of songs and try to pick out what their style was and what their message was behind it and then you can pretty much get just a conversation started by talking about songs that you think meant something to them and from there i think that research is the biggest part um i say sometimes i admit i do a little too much research but <laughs> um i think that i try my best to make it as humanizing as possible and like the last one i had with um og david james um i had actually hit on some topics that he like really just you're connected with one talking about his father and because he had a song out that mentioned his father talking about his relationship and that happened to be a subject that he was kept dearest to him and so it's just about trying to find the right topics that i feel like they kind of can connect with yeah i i would definitely agree with that do you have any um podcasters that have influenced you specifically mm, so I can say that Joe Rogan is the media like choice, the one that, you know, had got me into the idea of podcasting and wanting to know people's stories. And mm -hmm. like we talked about er earlier, Duncan Trussell, one of my favorites too, Midnight Gospel, that one, like those two, I'd say were probably my biggest ones. And it's just about, those ones just about meeting people and then just exchanging ideas and just being authentic. And then another, like, so 
a episode in Pacific that I think attributed to my curious mind of wanting to try to be empathetic towards others is um, Joe Rogan's interview with Kanye West. And mm-hmm. through that interview, like, even though he's in a not the greatest mental state, you could still see the genius in him and understand, like, shoot, he may be got this way because of circumstances and you can at least try to take something from him and empathize in a sense i mean obviously you're not gonna do some of the things he does a lot of his stuff is very controversial but you can have <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not excusing any of the anti-semitism yeah, or any of the ex- hitler praise yeah not excusing <laughs> any of that it's funny that you mentioned joe rogan because i used to have like the most you know negative view of him right and then I watched this uh, this interview he did with Bob Lazar, um, who, if you're not familiar with him, he worked on Area 51. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he worked with like some of these, you know, UFO or whatever crafts, uh, testing them <laughs> for the government. And uh, he like came out and wrote a book and did an interview in the eighties. And then like all this time goes by and he goes on Joe Rogan and reveals that the government has been like harassing him and like following him. And, but it was that same thing that you're talking about where he's like sharing Bob Lazar's kind of like side of the story. And you don't, you don't necessarily believe everything that Lazar is saying, (laughs) but you also like, you're also like, okay, well, there is a human being here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so now I, I don't know what my feeling is about Joe Rogan now. Because- I was I was a fan <laughs> of his um, like three or four years ago. And then w- when COVID happened and he started just, in my view at least, you guys might not agree with this, he started going down this right-wing rabbit yeah. hole. Mm-hmm. And he started getting really conspiratorial and like this is right around when he kept on talking shit about California, mm-hmm. how the homeless population was out of control. Meanwhile, he was living in Bell Canyon in the hills, not having to do anything with it, making yeah. boatloads of money, just talking about how he needed to go to Texas because they had all this freedom and they weren't so COVID lockdown friendly. And just it, it really turned me off. Yeah. And then he, he had people on like Gavin McGinnis, who was the head of the Proud Boys. Mm. And, but, you know, to give him some credit, yeah, like the interviews with Bob Lazar, when he has just like his comedian friends on, when he's not talking about subjects that he doesn't know anything about, that's when I like him, you know, when it's just, yeah. when when he's diving into subjects like COVID, when he's talking about um, yeah. like the left or anti-capitalism, anything that it's clear that he's not um, well scholared in. It's uh, it, it just really turns me off, and it's uncomfortable for me to watch. But those interviews with Lazar, for example, uh, I do like. And every once in a while, I still will come across an interview on his show that I like and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you on like that point of there just are some interviews that you just can't really watch because of what he talks about. And just – Yeah, or just like, the people. I, I'm just like, why would you yeah. have that person on? <sighs> Yeah, I, I'd say that another one that, so I think maybe there was a Snoop Dogg Will only had that I didn't like too much because they didn't really end up talking about him so much. It was just like everything else. And I'm like, I'm more of a person who wants to know of 
I'm like, okay, like, let's talk about, like, is Snoop Dogg going to reveal something about himself? But it was, like, just, like, a conversation about jujitsu and then, like, the government and other <laughs> things. And I was like, what is this? So, right. Yeah. Like, if, if you have Snoop Dogg on, you want to hear Snoop Dogg talk about being a musician or, yeah. like, smoking weed or something that he knows a lot about. You don't want to hear Snoop Dogg talk about politics. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like no disrespect to snoop dog that's just not his lane yeah no but there was and there is another episode or a couple of the episodes that i would say that are good listens the one the mike tyson interview mm. um oh, yeah. that one was a really good one i like you could when he talks to steve-o mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no but there are there are good ones here and there it's just not all of them are are the ones that you hope they be like most of the time it's just him like like telling the other person about like the things that he's like oh like hunting and this that and that so <laughs> yeah and he just like i don't know w- with rogan he, he you know he's a comedian he's a cage fighter commentator and all that so he he's the type of guy where he's just going to agree with the last person that he spoke to and yeah. so he'll, <laughs> he'll have on somebody that's far left like abby martin and then he'll have on like fucking matt walsh like he had Matt Walsh on recently. <laughs> Heather, you're cracking up because you know who that is. Yeah. Like, Why the fuck would you have him on? This is an open, extreme, um, transphobe. He's extremely yeah. against um, really LGBTQ crazy. people. He put out this documentary recently titled "What Is a Woman?" Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's just like, Jeez. why, Joe? Come on. <laughs> he is all sorts of things, but you know it's. But yeah, we'll get we'll get back to the main premise of the show. What uh, what's a commonly held belief about podcasting that you passionately disagree with? Mm. Well, at the top of my head, I can't think of any common ones. Just throw one at me that you. Like I would say things. that people are under the impression that you can just set up a microphone and talk. Yeah, like mm. it's not that fucking easy. You have no, to have interesting no, things no. to say. You have to have good quality audio. You have to have a good format. It's yeah. it's not as easy as just plugging a couple of things in and talking. <laughs> yeah, no. Even even the talking too. I'd say that like just because I am very much a conversationalist, I like I was never really um, a person who could easily strike up a conversation just like that. It, mm-hmm. it took a lot of years to just kind of be able to even build confidence just to be able to talk to some random person that too in itself is um something that takes time but i mean yeah no it's not easy i like i have a team that helps me out i have an audio guy who like he does all the audio automation and making sure it looks it sounds good and i'm just like thank you for what you do because i don't know anything about audio (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. I had a producer for a while. He goes by C Money. Shout out to C Money. He's over in Maine, but yeah, I've just been editing stuff by myself lately because he's just so busy. He got a new house and he's got a wife and all that, but he kicks ass. He's been in punk rock for like yeah, he's in a years. band now. It's pretty cool. Hey, yeah, he's been some... playing. He's been playing music since like the early '90s. Yeah, there's something about like people and being in bands and like just being able to be good at audio and all that because. My audio guy, he's in a band too. And so, okay, well, like one of these days, I'm going to have to start learning myself because who knows? Just know it sounds good. 
Yeah. Yeah, who are a couple of, of your favorite guests that you've had on? Um, ooh, it's a tough one. I feel like, see, I feel like when I say, like, some of my favorites, I'm going to start hearing from everyone else, like, man, I'm not <laughs> one of your favorites or whatever. Um, I can but... rephrase the question. <laughs> I guess what's one of your um, favorite most recent interviews? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so we don't have to single anybody out. <laughs> yeah. Favorite most recent interviews. Um, I'd say that my most, one of them, most, uh, my recent one that is going to be out. Um, I'm behind on audio, so it won't be out till like Monday. But mm -hmm. with OG David James, because um, I felt like he gave a lot of like long winded answers, but you could tell that he had a lot of life experience and he had a lot to say. And so I think I only asked him like four questions, but mm -hmm. it was an hour because he just went like 10 minutes at a time per question, but there was a lot of information in there. So like if I really wanted to pick and all the information, I probably be, would be like talking to him for like maybe three hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've easily had three hour podcasts heather knows <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> true but yeah. i also saw i also saw that you have a huge like lineup coming up too i saw yeah. you post on instagram your lineup yeah. is so long your list yeah um i mean that's me so i sometimes like if i see someone on instagram that i think is cool i just reach out to him be like hey like I have this podcast. It's Wes's wavelengths. It's about people. Would you like to be on it? Wow, and then yeah. most, like, I think I've only got turned down like twice. Wow. And mm -hmm. so everyone has been down with it. So that's the cool part. And even so, there's this guy that I met um, in LA at his um, tattoo shop, and I'm gonna have him on the podcast. But um, when I put him on the list, he shared it. And when he shared it, he had people hitting him up like, there's a podcast? How do I get in? And he's like, hit, hit my uh, my homeboy up. And like, so I got like five people from that. And so oh, that's I was, great. Yeah. So the I was power like, of networking. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So I, I just in general love the podcasting community, especially here locally in the 805. Yeah. It, I, I've come across so many just great people like both of you. <laughs> you know yeah. there's just so there's just so many beautiful souls out there yeah and yeah. again like getting back to that like there's so many people that have something to say and like i didn't i didn't even really that was my own like privilege is not recognizing like the number of people that have a story that they want to tell yeah you know? yeah i yeah, know there's every everyone wants has a story they tell and uh, that's the one thing that i feel like is just so interesting because nobody is alike like you could even even brothers they're not going to be their stories are not going to be same mm -hmm. even like exactly. so really anybody down the street like it'd be weird to, right it'd yeah. be weird if we had a world where everybody had a similar upbringing and had similar interests like fuck that that'd be really uh, boring it would be and that's what it, what makes uh just conversations between people interesting because we're all different 
And I mean, even just like some people, I, I just feel like it's just, I feel like I don't even know where I was going with that thought, but <laughs> I feel like I was going on to something important. But my main point is that, yeah, the world is, is full of different people. And that's what we connect with most because we like to hear different stories and just get different perspectives. Right. And I think I think that like I know you said you're gonna have an uh, a tattoo artist from LA, but it seems like are you pretty Ado like Ventura County? Yes, yes. And I feel like that's one of the things where you know people are always talking about East County versus West County, and I feel like in the East County we have a lot of those people that are all living the same life. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then all of a sudden, like myself, you start hearing the stories of other people, often from other areas of the community or other areas of the county. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wow, <laughs> there's, there's other stuff going on around here. You know, it's Heather, scary. do you think that there's a connection there between material conditions? Oh, absolutely. That's what I think, too. I think people oh, yeah. that are in more wealthier Absolutely. and privileged areas have much more identical Absolutely. lifestyles than people that come from lesser yeah. socioeconomic backgrounds. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I definitely agree. can agree with that. I mean, even you talking about Oxnard and just it being just a big, just melting pot of just different cultures. Mm -hmm. People come yeah. from all over. It's Oxnard's almost like our LA in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so that you get like Latinos, Hispanics, you, but different types too. Mm -hmm. And then you get like different Islanders and all the whole different aspects. And so yeah, you got like a walk in people that are indigenous. Yeah. You got Chumash people. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Oxnard is a, a just a melting pot of, of cultures and, and ethnicities and nationalities. Can you tell me what your ideal setting for creativity and thought generation looks like? Um, and also, I, I'd like you to kind of give the the sights and sounds. What do the uh, the senses look like there? Ooh, I like this. I, yeah, I like what's the aesthetic? A lot. Yeah, so to be real with you, my ideal setting for creativity is somewhere out in nature and where there's like no nobody around and just like the simplest sounds birds chirping maybe a little wind mm -hmm. and just it just feels like and this green greenery there's a, a spot that i'm actually thinking of doing my first episode of the year at so i'm going to start doing outdoor podcast and the first one it's going to be a special episode with me and my childhood buddy it's um he's he was on the first episode so which one you'll you have to find out which one of the because there was two people in the episode but who it is you have to find that wait to find out but the idea of it is we're gonna have the interview on a cliff in 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 the trail and we're just gonna be talking and throughout it's gonna be like a vid video so throughout the video there's gonna be just clips of us on the hike and it's just, I, I don't know how best to describe it than just like, it's going to be a good one. I, my, my, I say my creativity is all over the place sometimes. 
sometimes I'll get inspiration by looking at like a trash can or just looking at the door, just random things. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Like, I, I, I really like the art of creating. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So I've been wanting to do some outdoor podcasts myself. Like I've always just kind of envisioned having a couple people just sitting around like a campfire. Yeah. And just talking about all kinds of different subjects and just kind of hearing the crackling in the background. And then uh, the cherry on top would be like some distant crickets. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, that too. I feel like just giving that sense that you're in the, the conversation with them. Yeah, because it's all it's all interconnected. You know, when you when you have a sense of, of connection to spirituality, when you have a sense of connection to nature and mankind, mm. it's it's when you feel whole as a person. Because ego isn't just about being selfish. Ego isn't just about you know thinking of your own ambition. Ego is when you're disconnected from everything. When you're disconnected from nature. When you're disconnected from the universe. Mm-hmm. I agree it's, with that. It's deep the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that 100%. I feel like when I'm not in nature and I feel like that's when I've got much more of an ego, like a bad ego. And when, when I take myself to uh, my favorite spots um, and one spot I'll say, there, there's a spot that over... Um, it's in between Emma Wood and the Ventura campground. It's mm-hmm. like a little little footbridge. I go there whenever I'm trying to just get some clear my thoughts or whatever. And when I'm there, I'm just able just to feel free and just take in nature. Sometimes there will be dolphins that'll go over the um, the waves, and it's just a very calming area to be in. Right. And it's scientifically backed, right? You know, when they study this, they indicate that when people go back into nature, their anxiety and their stresses almost immediately dissipate, particularly like when you're in a forest because you have the, you have the expansion of oxygen with all the plants around you. But like when you're somewhere like a place like the beach and you're barefoot, like the second your feet hit the sand, it's just a complete feeling of sublime. It's... not to sound dramatic, but it's almost like nothing else is better than that at the at the moment, you know? Exactly. You're just completely in the present moment and everything feels great and how it's supposed to be and content. Yeah, no, I I love nature. I so the funny thing, I feel like my end kind of situation where like let's say I've done what I wanted to do and all of that and like my retiring like my ideal life would be me out there somewhere maybe a ranch something like that living off the land and just Mm -hmm. not really even needing to go to to town and just having my close friends around and like be able to check in with people every once in a while but not feeling the need to like go out and like live it up like crazy right like you know when you're on social media, you see all these like TikToks, for example, where there are people that are talking about how they just have all these goals of living in this mansion in Manhattan. And I'm like, fuck that, dude. I just want a cabin in the woods. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. right. Even a you know, like you're saying, living off the land, having a few friends that are close to you. But 
you know, having your own space and feeling connected to the land and feeling connected to nature, because that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to be living in skyscrapers. We're not supposed to be in office buildings for 40 hours a week, (laughs) staring at computer screens. That's not why we were put on this planet. Yes. For me, it's just like somewhere that is just like quiet. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we lived in LA for about two years. And when we moved back to Ventura County, I was, I was like, why is it so quiet here? But then, (laughs) but then when I go, like if I go back to the Midwest to finish, like visit my family, when we used to, it's okay. When we used to go up to like Oregon as another example to visit like family, you go through like a, like a space between California and like Klamath Falls and it is just woods mm-hmm. and trees and silence. Yeah. Been up there a few times. Yes. And so like, so like LA to here is, is quiet. It's like very quiet here compared to LA, but then you get up there or out to the Midwest and it's like silent. And that for me is like just silence. <laughs> you know? Maybe it's cause I have three kids and it's always very loud at my house, except for now when they're none of them are home or or what, but just the silence, you know, yes. like that to me is is what I feel like I'm most connected with anything or any like I can have more a better conversation when it's silent. Yeah, you know? right. Because you can actually take a second to think. Yeah. And <laughs> and just kind of decompress and you yeah. Know, absorb the environment around you versus just constant distraction and stimulation you can't you can't formulate clear thoughts it's impossible you mentioned tiktok i saw i saw a tiktok of a couple that built a house like in wisconsin and they intentionally built it with no internet oh and these and these people are like but now but they were posting because like 10 years later they like everything is so connected they had to get starlink because because <laughs> yeah you just can't do that anymore you they can't have no yeah, internet <laughs> they couldn't like they couldn't fund like their lifestyle without like they couldn't even pay their mortgage without you know <laughs> being able to connect to the internet uh, for work or whatever yeah right? but they had originally built this house to have no connection to internet specifically so they could have that peace you know yeah not have that distraction um that's probably that's probably an ideal thing too is no internet (laughs) we say we want we don't want internet but really we we can't live without it yeah how else would you podcast (laughs) you're sitting and talking about a podcast about internet but how else would you podcast (laughs) we'll keep it on tapes you're gonna do it over the radio (laughs) <laughs> exactly and i definitely wouldn't be able to publish it i wouldn't yeah. be able to tell anybody about or it share it <laughs> yeah exactly i feel like that's the one thing too that i told myself at the end of the day is if no one really likes it i at least got to meet someone new and like my original that i feel like um mantra really is that like i hope like someone learns from it like not only do the audience learn some from from it but the guest and me myself learn some 
something from the conversation as well. And so it's just really about like just being in present in the conversation and just not worrying about if someone's going to ever listen to it or like it could just be just we're the only two people that ever know about this podcast and you know I'll be good with that because I like made a connection with them yeah right and at the end of the day you're doing something that you love and you're trying it yeah most people out there have all these goals and ambitions but either it's because of their own self-doubt or whatever they never actually try it so you can always at the end of the day know that you put yourself out there and that you um you try to accomplish your goals and there's something to seriously be said about that yeah i wanted to ask you how do you balance work and life um well i definitely feel like balancing work and life is important it's important yeah and how i do it i feel like i detach myself from so how i think of it is like i detach myself from the task so i don't try to bring work home with me and i don't try to bring podcast i mean podcast is like something it is nice but i feel like you have to also get a break from that as well so Mm -hmm. i detach myself from it and like i know people they get like stressed and like oh like work has me mad and like this that and that and like you don't understand and they bring it home with them and they're thinking about it constantly where they just when you go to work you just go in there and get everything that you need done in that that setting and then you don't allow yourself to like get mad after work just forget about work Mm -hmm. it's still i mean yeah it's it's still gonna be there if you are putting in the work in at work and whatever you're dealing but that's just kind of how i treat it it's just like detach myself from that thing that i was doing like where i work i um do i mean i kind of am a little bit of a realtor but that's kind of been going slow but i also work at the 99 cent store as a key holder but even that like i work there and then i and i don't try to bring anything any of that like any of the negativity home with me i i work and if something gets me even when something that bad happens situation happens and i'll get mad for like five seconds and then i'll detach that experience like oh it, it, it happens and just keep on going about my day and not try not to let it get to me yeah i think that's really good I I more or less approach it the same way. You know, you're going to have good days and bad days in the office or wherever you work, if you're blue collar, if you work in a warehouse, whatever. Um, But it's definitely important not to take your bad experiences or even your good days straight home with you at work because Mm -hmm. I think that work and home life need to always be separated. But it's it's difficult in the United States, right? Because (laughs) your ability to stay employed and your ability to make money at your job is how you keep a roof over your head. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know, the best advice I ever got was from my first job at at 16 at Wendy's. I worked at like, you know, like everybody's first job is fast food. Right. And the manager, he told me that 
when he gets home every single day, he changes in the garage. Like he, he hangs his clothes, his sweats mm-hmm. or whatever in the garage, pulls in, takes off his work clothes. And he said, first of all, my clothes smell like gross French fries and my wife doesn't want that in the house. But second of all, what I do when I do that is I remind myself when I take off this, these clothes, that's it. That's all I'm doing with this job. And now I'm changing into my home clothes and I'm at home and I'm not even going to think about it. And he's, that is the best advice I ever got because it's like telling, it's like reminding you that you have to, you almost have to like compartmentalize and say, okay, Mm -hmm. the box is closed. That's it. It's over for the day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think, I think I, I have had a lot of periods of time where I've like forgotten that and, Mm -hmm. and that's when I'm more stressed out, more unhappy, my relationships are less fulfilling. But when I'm able to keep that balance, like that separation, like you, like you mentioned, um, it's so much better, you know, for you. But I think also to your point about working to keep a roof over your head, I think it's harder for people now too that work from home mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. that balance. Right, yes, right. That, that's that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So I definitely feel like pandemic is when you definitely felt it the most. Um, I actually had an internship um, during the the heat of the pandemic. The premise of it was that you we're basically in charge of a branch of their business, which is house painting. And it was your duty to go and market it yourself, get your own clients, do appointments, estimates. And then not only did you do the business side of it, but you had to do the project managing, executing the job. But like, it was a whole lot. And this was back in 2020. We started it literally a month before the pandemic hit. And as soon as that hit, we had to shift to online services and we are doing over the phone estimates, everything like that. And I feel like that point was where it was starting to get to me because it was like blending my life with the work. And I'm like, when, since I'm home, I should technically be calling to prospect i'm not doing anything so i should just do that and so i just kept on doing that but it just kind of got to me i and like i had to change the scenery to get my head clear i did end up finishing the internship and i learned a lot from it and i don't think i would be where i am today without it but just that period in time where i was at home and i had just i was working it had effect on my my mental health and all that. Yeah, I mean, how how could it not, right? <laughs> yeah, there there has to be a separation there. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add to that, Heather, or do you want no. to move on? Okay. Yeah, I, my next question for you is: if you could write a book on any subject, what would it be about, and why? There is um, a an idea I've always wanted to, like a subject that I've wanted to explore that. So m- when I was in college, I went to Blaston Community College for two years, which is in Susan Bay, which is all the way up north. And I was staying with my uncle at the time, but he 
my uncle, he's definitely someone that, like, it's he's like a wonder of how, like, why he works so hard and to get where he is and, like, just how his brain works. So, like, why he works so hard. And I my whole thing of, like, curiousness is, one, to write a book and get the research of what does it mean to have work ethic and where does that come from? What kind of things influence it? And because I feel like he was just an exception, just like the idea that I was talking about, how not all siblings are the same. His, he's completely different to my dad. Uh, um, I'm not saying that my dad didn't, um, but there was things that my uncle was doing that made you wonder, like, was it nature or nurture that he had this mindset? And so I was like, that's the topic I've always wanted to have is like, is work ethic a nature or more of a nurture thing? That's really interesting too. Um, it, it also kind of reminds me of like this, this propaganda movement that we've been seeing in the last two years since COVID, which is that nobody wants to work. And it's, yeah. it, it's even go, it even goes beyond that too, because I feel like, millennials and generation z in particular are singled out by that and it's bullshit because if you talk to people across all generations nobody wants to work of course we don't we're all burnt the fuck out (laughs) it's not just young people nobody wants to work 40 hours a week to survive what the fuck it's 2022 (laughs) that's funny but it's also like it's also like what is your definition of work? Because yeah, nobody wants to go sit in like some office and just like <laughs> type and and you know report to people and shit. Be micromanaged and yeah, be underpaid. micromanaged. But also like, what if you define work as like what you're doing on a podcast, like mm-hmm. storytelling? Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, actually, then you're going to have a lot of people that want to work because they're doing something <laughs> that they feel passionate about. And so I think to your point, Jordan, millennials and Gen Z, like we have not been allowed to like articulate and live like our passions. Mm -hmm. Well, Heather, I think really what you're getting at is like the human nature argument against socialism and communism, right? That people are naturally lazy and greedy and non-creative and it's the opposite. People are naturally creative and thoughtful yeah. and caring. It's capitalism and being beaten down by the system that makes them greedy and selfish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I definitely um, feel like everyone needs creativity and whatever. It, I mean, creativity doesn't have to be necessarily like artsy. It could be like this. It can be defined however you want. It doesn't yeah. have to be lumped into a single definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like even a chef, his work—it's his creativity. So whatever you find ways that you're like always trying to find new ways to do something, that's your creativity. Well, that's actually a perfect example because I people don't think of cooking as art, but if you mm-hmm. actually study it, it's culinary arts. <laughs> like you take classes yeah. for it. Cooking is absolutely an art form. Yes, it is. What is something that's giving you hope in the world right now? Mm, something that's giving me hope in the world. 
You know, I can't think at the top of my head. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good that thing bad? or a bad thing. <laughs> I'd probably say same. <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> well, I, I think what gives me hope is um, seeing people work together. Anything that's collaborative, like something especially like this, it's it gives us hope that if we work together, we can get something done. Mm -hmm. And I think that while a lot of us say we understand that, we don't because there's still a lot of issues that are going on. Like if you yeah. think about, I don't know, for example, climate change, that's something that if we really like say we want to band together and change it, we really can. And we could easily, someone could say, let's start a GoFundMe and then someone with the action say, let's actually go and take this money or let's go and start cleaning. Like just start like, even this is as crazy as this sounds, I've always had this mind, like this weird thought, like what if for one hour every morning, I decided to pick up um, trash at a beach, any beach and just do it every morning. And maybe someone will pick up the idea like, oh, this guy's cleaning, I'll join him too. And then just get the idea of people just like really want to take care of the beach. Not right, so just... that's that's called direct action. Yeah. yeah. You're speaking my language. Do you know <laughs> do you know David have you heard of David Sedaris? No. Um, Who's that? No. So he's a he's a writer. He's written a number of books. They're hilarious. They're hilarious essays mostly about his life. But he and his partner live in, I think, London for most of the year. Um and he started like walking around and you know just going on a walk for exercise and he noticed all the trash and the uk is like very trashed um on the side of the road and he just started picking it up well he just kept doing it more and more and more and more and i think that the queen before she died gave him some sort of a medal or honor because he had oh, picked wow. up so much trash <laughs> And he writes this essay about it in one of his books. And it's hilarious the way he's talking about because he's just like, there is so much shit all over the ground. And he's just like this cranky, <laughs> old, uh, you know. British dude. A little, no, he's not British. He's he's American. Oh, okay. And uh, cranky, old, he's he's gay and he's very flamboyant. So he, he writes with a little bit of that like flamboyant okay. flair. Nice, nice. Um, and he is just... He is hilarious, but that's what he started doing, what you just described. Yeah. Just going out and starting to pick up trash. Mm. And and he was recognized for the impact that it actually made. Because I think, to your point, people start paying attention mm -hmm. and doing it themselves. Yeah. Um, and that is collaborative, right? So you were just talking about England, Heather. That, that reminds me of a story that I heard about like a year or two ago where there's a group of anarchists in London that help out people living on the streets, the homeless population by squatting in mansions. Wow. And they just basically open up the doors of all these large abandoned buildings across London so wow. that people who are living on the streets have somewhere wow. to go in um, as a means of shelter. Wow. Wow. And that's a collaboration. Yeah, we need, we need something <laughs> that is like a collaborative that. Effort. Yeah, that's <laughs> You that's know, like, stepping the fuck up because the government doesn't care about people. I know, it's crazy. Like I, the weird thing is, I feel like I have all these 
weird ambitions or whatever. And I'm like, if only I could get people in on this I- these ideas too. Like, the whole world could change. It, it like it really is about people coming together. But like I said, people like don't seem to get it because there's still issues here. And so well, that's find, another thing. Yeah, I find that the more conversations that you have with people, the more um, like-minded individuals you actually come across. Yeah. Like the more people that you talk to, you'll realize, yeah, we might have different personality interests. We might have some uh, differences here along the way, but really, we all want the same things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's the human experience. We all yeah. have the same needs and desires. It's how we get there. And I think, I think people are able to grow too, you know, and it's through that conversation, you know, last summer when we first moved here, um, our neighbor, did I tell you about this, Jordan? This guy had a 1776 flag on his no, front No, 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 no. When we moved in, it was like, welcome to the neighborhood. 1776. <laughs> what is that? That don't tread on me? Crowd? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, don't tread on me. Well, one of his like family members came and visited for the Fourth of July. So, like, just a couple days after we moved here, and must have had some sort of an impact on him because every day he was wearing like a different shirt, like a Black Lives Matter shirt. One day, another was like Rise Up. Another was about mm. women's rights and stuff like that. All of a sudden, the 1776 flag comes down and we didn't know what happened. Well, we just got a Christmas card from them. And it's this cute little thing about people of different backgrounds and different cultures coming together in friendship, even if they weren't friends. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. But Uh... it made me it made me realize that they had conversations. And Mm -hmm. out of that conversation came like growth and awareness, you know. Yeah, that, that's exactly what we're talking yeah, about. That's, exactly. that's wonderful. And yeah. Yeah. it's a cute little card. I kept it. <laughs> it's really yeah, it, it's all, so the, all of those opportunities and people are out there. Exactly. Yeah. And that's another reason why I wanted to start this podcast too, because I feel like really conversations are what can bring to people together. When you have an honest conversation with someone and you don't judge their opinions you realize like shoot i'm more like like him than i than i thought he was like mm-hmm. maybe his ideas aren't as qu- crazy as i thought <laughs> and so but most people they're so opinionated and they right away just like oh they're so wrong and they're wrong because i'm right type of thing right and i think that comes down to what what ego is that i was talking about a few minutes mm-hmm. ago that's that's a disconnection yes. from the human condition. That's a disconnection from the universe. That's I'm above all of this, all of these experiences. Mm-hmm. It's it's a person that's spiritually detached. Yes, one hundred percent. Let's let's switch the conversation over to music right now. Where did your interest in music originate from, and which musicians have been most impactful and influential for your development? Ooh, this is a very good question. So because I'd say I'd consider myself very much a person about music and just just love everything about it. Um, I'd say, so who really, the first person I could think that really that got me into music was Michael Jackson. I remember when I was a kid, that used to be the only thing I'd play 
and then it progressively turned into the Beatles. Do you guys remember when they did the remastered versions of the Beatles, like the the albums? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's around the time that I was learning about them, and I learned every song, every song that, and so like you put any song by the Beatles, I could probably sing that song, and so like the Beatles and Michael Jackson, and then eventually turned into when I first into hip hop. It was Little Wayne, Fireman, that I that got me into hip hop, and the funny thing too was that I was listening to him a whole lot, and like I even listened to him on like my parents' computer, and like my mom heard it, and she's like, "What is this you're listening to?" And I'm like, "Oh, this is Lil Wayne," and it was uh, "Drop the World" with Lil Wayne and Eminem, and you know how an Eminem is. So <laughs> I was I was like 12, I think. And she's like, "Oh no, you shouldn't be listening to this music. Like, don't listen to Lil Wayne." And then my dad too, just kind of going along with my mom, goes, "Yeah, don't don't listen to that music too." So that even made me want to listen to hip hop more. And so it got me down to this road of listening, somehow getting to Kendrick Lamar, to getting to Nas, to Wu Tang, to discovering this whole genre of hip hop. And like, I love. Everything about hip hop from the almost like the、um, artistic side of it. There are some parts of hip hop now that I don't exactly vibe with, but it goes on the same idea of still trying to put my be empathetic and like someone likes this music and there's a reason why this artist and themselves came out with it. And so like I kind of somewhat appreciate it, but there are ones that like. I'm like, all right. This is. They're all about the, like, I'm all about the art, art for music, art form. People that are all about、um, artistic and creativeness. So I like that for a number of reasons, but I think mostly because, so often you hear people that just have the most lazy analysis of music, where they're just like, oh, well, all music nowadays sucks. <laughs> that's not that's not true at all. No,、so、I just wanted to say that I I really appreciate your your nuanced perspective and I agree with it full heartedly.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, so I definitely so like one thing too I've been wanting to explore lately. And if you guys know of any abstract rappers in the area, please send them my way because I've been telling people too. I'm like, I want to. Find a rapper who makes music that is so left field. Like, do you know like MF Doom, like Quasimodo, Madlib, those type of? Me personally, no, I don't. Ah,、uh, so that's like that's music that like is so left field. So like MF Doom, his whole persona is he's got a mask over his face the whole time, and that it resembles him hiding his face, like. You need to strip the the person from the music and just listen to it as a piece of art, not because、mm-hmm. like oh it's it's a Drake song, so I have to like it, or oh there's a feature, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it, listen to it for as the art form,、mm-hmm. and with like Madlib and Quasimodo, like those ideas, like Madlib came up with the idea with this alter ego, like Quasimodo high pitched. Like different character, whole album,、mm. like just based on because he was like, oh, like this is stuff that I like because it's so creatively out there, and I'm trying to find artists like that to interview because 
my type of creativity is very different than other people. Like it's weird, random. Like I said, I could have the randomest idea. I can look at a penny for like 10 minutes and be like, that penny has a story to tell. And, <laughs> and just, just be able to like have creative thoughts like that. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I think it's almost a bit of an art form in itself for you to go out and find those people that have such a different message with their music because don't get me wrong, every every musician has creativity and has talent in their own ways, but to get people that are just totally outside of the box mm-hmm. and to give them a platform, I think is really great. And I love that you do that. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's that's like i guess my biggest thing just really wanting to be about the art form of anything that's what the people that i've been trying to find now is people who are really for the art and not Mm -hmm. just for the fame or the attention um because i'll be honest i'm not going to name anybody because i don't want to be like that there are there were a couple of artists that I think they are in it for the attention and all of that, but there are other ones that, you know, this is their, this is their life. This is, they've grown up around music. Music was their safe haven and Mm -hmm. it saved them from this world of hurt of whatever it caused them. And so they take music seriously as an art form. And you, I want the people like, my new message I'm trying to read shift it is that I'm trying to find the introverts who have never really been in the limelight, but they've had these interesting stories that you're like, oh shoot, this is what you you've been doing, or this is what's been going on in your mind. Those type of people. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the vast majority of musicians definitely do it for the art and do it because they're passionate about it, but yeah there definitely are some artists out there that are looking just to get rich and famous and i think that that ties into the capitalist aspect of it that ties into the entire apparatus of the music industry which it it could just be a large degree of indoctrination and propaganda yeah yeah no i i think that like yeah capitalism it definitely can make a lot of uh, people money the right people sometimes not the right, right um it's like people do it for the money which you know it's it's a it is what it is but I definitely, it is a business at the end of the yeah, day yeah it is but i just i feel like sometimes people only think about the money and they do whatever it takes to to get it and that leaves a lot of people hurt in the end right and it and it really just sells yourself short you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're just naturally not going to be as creative or inspirational to others if you're just doing it for monetary gain. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because there's no way that you could. You're just, you know, physically, emotionally, uh, psychologically, etc., not as invested in it as you as you would be as if you were just going about it as an artist and not as somebody that's looking to profit. Yeah, I agree with that. What, what are some things that, that bring you inner peace? How do you kind of just calm down and um, decompress? Mm-hmm. So I think you've kind of talked 
uh, I've we've talked about so I mean, nature. From, yeah, nature is one of them, and then music too. Uh, that's another one that we we just talked about. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think when everything is really bad, nature is the best, and then not even just like just pure silence. But sometimes when it's something a little mild that you know. I, there it and or even if there's not any like way to get out to nature just put on headphones and just listen to music like i'd say right now for me calming music is like who would i say you know it change it depends i have a playlist that i call imagine the whole idea of imagine is just put me in a headspace of relaxing and getting in the mode of clearing my mind and eventually maybe it'll bring an idea and imagining but there's a whole lot of like different just different like artists on there let me ask you uh the flip side sorry heather did you want to say something real quick I was going to say that like music is almost the same thing as going into nature though isn't it because you yeah. are blocking out all of that other noise yeah. yeah and focusing on that one that one thing yeah right like i was talking about the the special feeling that you get when you were in nature earlier but it's it's almost magnified and exemplified when you add music that you feel on a deep level to your soul and your core and then you're also in that nature that that just adds an entire new level of of inner peace and, and happiness and interconnectedness. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd say that. So the reason why I say nature uh, was probably the top one for me is because like there is nothing that really can bother me. If there's like, say, if I know a spot I can go to to just listen to music and nobody can bother me or nothing can really disturb me, then I'll opt for music but sometimes like nature just it's just the go-to because that's where you, i feel like like i said no one can bother me like uh throughout the history of the world most people and especially conservationists uh nature has always just been a place where you can kind of just forget about everything and then you can kind of just enter that mind space where when you were a little kid or nothing else really matters and you can just kind of I, I don't know how else to describe it just be a kid again and let all your worries just kind of fade away into the abyss yes <laughs> okay let me ask you the flip side of that question so what are you most anxious about in the world right now or what types of things uh, give you anxiety most things give me anxiety i feel like that's a very tough question for me to answer sometimes because i'd have to really think about like when was the last time i felt anxious or it might fluctuate uh, too because you might get yeah. anxious about things for different reasons at different times yeah i guess maybe one that might be i'm feeling anxious is maybe mm. Oh yes, Anx be anxious about something is when um, 
let's say that I have something to do, but what I'm doing in the moment, like let's say um, I'm having lunch or, or no, uh, maybe I'm going out to sh shopping with somebody and I realize I've got to do something in 30 minutes. I guess my, I get anxious about like, because I will sometimes admit I'm not the person to say like, I got to go type of thing. Uh, I like to be like with them as long as they, you know, like to be. And so like, I'll like, you know, try to keep the conversation and yeah, my politeness. Anxious, yeah, politeness. And, but sometimes it'll get to the point, I start getting anxious. I'm like, oh shoot, it's like 10 minutes. Like, how do I end this conversation somehow and tell them I got to go? But like, it's so interesting. Like, I don't want to go. I'm like, but I have to go. And so I just get anxious all over the place sometimes. And <laughs> they may not see it, but in my head, I'm like, like all over the place with just what to do. I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because you always want to be nice and courteous and polite to people, but at the exact same time, if you're not assertive and you're not upfront with yeah. your communication, uh, you are going to hold yourself back, as as you're suggesting. I have. Do you perfect, have any? Yeah, go I have ahead. A perfect example of a time that that's <laughs> happened. So, I I told you guys I worked at the nine nine cent store, and I'm actually a key holder there. Um, but there's this old man that always comes to see me because I like he says I have the like I have this energy um and so <laughs> every time that like that he comes like he talks to me at least 10 minutes and like it's not that like when I start doing something he'll like stop talking to me he follows me around and like it gets to the point sometimes I'm like I'm thinking okay, okay I gotta do this and then but then he catches me and I'm like uh i'm like trying like in my head i'm like okay like oh uh, like yeah that sounds good <laughs> but in my head i'm like i still gotta do this thing and like i have i have to do it for whatever and sometimes i even tell my coworkers like if you see him let me know i mean i feel so bad for saying that i what i'm trying to avoid him because he is a really nice guy it's just he tends to talk a little too like be very long-winded so yeah yeah <laughs> and he doesn't get the hints as well because like i'll be moving and like okay i gotta go and one then... word responses that's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's crazy whoa yeah of course <laughs> doesn't get the hints though <laughs> yeah it's relatable I used to, so I used to have a job when it, uh, working at Best Buy. I did Oculus virtual reality demonstrations, and there would just always be old people that would just come up to me and talk to me for like 20, 30 minutes at a time. And, I, you know, I'm the same type of person as you, Wesley. So I, yeah. I'm polite and I want to make sure that they know that they're heard and respected and all that. And then I'm practicing active listening. But at the yeah. exact same time, I got like a line of customers I need to help. And I know that you're not going to buy anything. <laughs> yes, I know it. I know. It. So I I feel that I really do. <laughs> um, what's your favorite genre of music and why? Is it hip hop? Yes, hip hop. Okay. What's your What's your favorite thing about hip hop? My favorite thing about hip hop is the 
creative expression through it because like i said the it seems like there's subgenres within hip-hop that are so different from each other and i feel like in other genres there isn't that as much because hip-hop you can get there's um horrorcore which is like they throw like um horror elements in there and all of that then you have like abstract like i said where it's very weird like artistic forms of art and then you have like even the different like decades 90s hip-hop it was all about the lyrics and like if you didn't have the best bars you couldn't get on a track and yeah. then you you have now where it's a different style and so I feel like hip hop is the one genre that has evolved and had so many different subgenres within it. Oh, that's great. I, I really like your take on that. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Heather. I was going to say what I've always been impressed about with hip hop is like the ability for like a lot of different artists to come together and just like like hash it out and like yeah. create like I don't know if you remember but like my like big introduction to like the power of like what hip hop can do like how people can come together through it was in the early 2000s when Dave Chappelle's Block Party came out <laughs> and my yeah. and I was yes. I was and I was dating this guy and he took me to see it at the 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 movie theater over on John it was on Johnson a movie theater at the time it's like a church now but we went to see it and like all these people were like standing up and like dancing and like singing <laughs> like at the I don't know if it was like a Regal or an AMC or whatever <laughs> but I was just like this is the greatest experience of my life like it was so cool and I remember afterwards, I like he, you know, we still like use CDs then because it was uh -huh. early 2000s. And he like burned the whole soundtrack from that movie on a CD for me. And I remember like driving to like work in school and being and it was just one continuous just like collaboration, you know, uh, with like Dave Chappelle, like telling jokes and like joking around with people in between. And then like people making phone calls where they're like organizing this event. And it was just, it was like, wow, you can like come together, you know? And that there's not a lot of like other like genres that I am aware of at least where you have so many artists that can just like naturally come together and collaborate and put together just like, that just, for the fun of just like creating in that moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and that that was my introduction to hip hop, like my real introduction. To it. <laughs> <laughs> and say what, I mean, Dave Chappelle, I don't know. He's, he's kind of gone over the deep end, like a lot of other people have now too, but uh, with the trans transphobia or whatever, but the, the block party was just, it was such a good, event and a good movie and it just you know exemplified what can be done so <laughs> i love it i love it yeah what what advice do you have for anyone who's interested in starting a podcast 
Um, I feel like I'm being very cliche. And this is the funniest thing. I feel like <laughs> everyone on my podcast says this, but it's the simplest thing. Just do it. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's even helped me, myself, to start doing more things, is that because people are, like, just doing it, like, they just do it and just everyone's doing it, like, I should follow that advice, too. And if I have something in my head, if I am like, oh, I want to go hike in Malibu, I'm just going to do it. Just even like, yeah. I'm like, because if the, there's one thing that somewhere I heard, I'm not sure where I heard it, but it's like, you have to do, when you think of something, you have to do it within five seconds. As soon as that five second pops up, your brain is going to come with up with any excuse to say not to do it. So it's like, yeah, five seconds. All right. You're either going to do it or not. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise like, you're going to overthink like, it and you're going to talk <laughs> yourself out of it. I agree. Mm-hmm. So my last question for you is where can people find you and your show and what future projects do you have going on? Go ahead and plug all your social medias, your projects, everything that you got going on, Wesley, how can people get in touch with you? Yes, yeah, so my main social media account is Creative Man West, and it's all just one word. But my um, Instagram account for the podcast is Wesley's Wavelengths, all one again. And I have my podcast on Spotify, Wesley's Wavelengths. Um, and right now, I'm working on trying to put YouTube videos out. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to do um, a – my first episode is going to be a video where it's going to be in Grotto Trail. We're just chilling in, on off cliff, talking. I want to come to one of your outdoor podcasts, by the way. Yes. I want to be on one of the shows. I'm going to try to make it – a special because the way that I have it in my head is that it's something that you don't do all the time. You do it maybe every two weeks, once a month or whatever, but it's definitely something that you're going to be excited for. I mean, I'm the way I'm thinking about it. I haven't like put it onto paper or anything like that. I don't even know how you'd put it onto like the images, but like when I see it, I'm like, okay, this is where we're going to interview and we're going to be walking down here and there. Like, it's just stuff you just have to wait till it comes out to see it. Perfect. Thanks, man. And thank you again for coming on the show, talking about your podcast and giving your beautiful perspective on all these topics. Uh, Once again, that was Wesley from Wesley's Wavelengths. Definitely give his show a listen. He's a great dude. Heather, how can people get in contact with you? Um, Tell them about your podcast and any future projects that you have going on. Yeah, just the best way to get a hold of me is to go to schmitttalks.com. That's it. On my homepage, you can see my podcast right there, and which I'm still in the growing. I'm in the baby stages of that. and uh but then right there is all of my social media you can subscribe to my blog i've been a blogger for 
14 years now, which wow. is a very long time. And a lot of people say that blogging is over, but I think that my blog is evidence that that may or may not be true. It just depends on how you do it. So yeah. SchmidtTalks.com. Perseverance. Just keep on going. Follow Schmidt yeah. Talks and check it out. Yeah, thank you again both for being here. As always, the 805 Uncensored is on social media. We're on Instagram at 805 Uncensored Pod. I recently deleted my Twitter because I'm just tired of all the bullshit with Elon Musk <laughs> and tired of being put on lists for being an anarchist. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok now at 805 Uncensored Pod. We're also on YouTube. If you want to catch the video edition of this podcast, 805 Uncensored Podcast. And if you have any guest suggestions, episode ideas, or if you just want to ask me a question, send me an email at 805uncensored at gmail.com. And also, just as a reminder, because it's been like an hour since we started recording, Heather Schmidt will be my regular co-host in 2023. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited. excited for that. I'm so, so. excited. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. And we have some great things coming with the future of the show. The next episode is going to be about astral projection. My friend uh, Tammy from Florida is going to open up about her out-of-body experiences, dreams, uh, psychedelics, and all kinds of great topics. So wow. really looking forward to that. And I'm thank you all again. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> Appreciate you guys and hope you all have a good night. Yeah, Peace out. you too.